You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to We Talk All Things Stars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 227. We're discussing rapid fire film reviews. Now guys, right now you've just got me. This episode's going to be a little bit different. You are going to be taken through a rapid fire film review section with my dudes, Sanjay and Carlos. This week we are a bit, a bit fractured as Sunny puts it a little later on. You know, circumstances, life happened and unfortunately, we all couldn't get to the mics this week, but my dudes do do a great job taking you through some of the films that they enjoyed and some of the ones they didn't enjoy, and not only in the nerd space, but a little bit beyond that. So it's quite a lot of fun, and it's a high recommend for me to get into, especially in times when we're watching a lot of films and we're looking for something a bit more. You know, these guys do provide some great context and some great films to to consume here while we're still waiting for the world to get back into a little bit of the normal space and one thing i want to do here off the top i just asked the guys if i could do a brief intro here because i i just want to thank everyone everyone that's comes back every thursday everyone who's been joining us on get vocal and anyone who has supported us over the last couple of years and even if you're a new listener thank you for being here you know i think in difficult times, it's important that we all reflect and remember that we have a great community here and we have a great escapism. This is how we've always treated this podcast and how we always treat these franchises. And we always try to put a positive spin on things. I think it's important to look at the world in a positive light, especially given current events and everything that's going on. So guys, thank you. Thank you, the listeners. Thank you, everyone that supports us. And thank you for coming back each and every week to hear us talk about the things that we love. Stars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. Guys, we've got a lot of great things coming up here on the horizon, including San Diego Comic-Con at home. We've got DC fandom. We've got some Hasbro releases we're going to be talking about next week. And I think most importantly, we're going to be having a ton of fun with these franchises, with everything that's going on. I do apologize for any of the ambient sounds you can hear. I'm recording outside. And I just, uh, like I said, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone here. So, guys, I hope you're all doing well. And I hope you guys are all enjoying. Just a reminder, get vocal this Friday, 7 p.m. Mountain Center Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be at the mics live again, discussing all things Stars Marvel and DC and having a blast with that. And every single Thursday, of course, we will be back. So, guys, I'm going to send you off to Carlos and Sanjay for a rapid-fire film review. But thank you so much for being here, and we will talk to you guys next week. Take it away, Sanjay and Carlos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nerd Room. I'm Sanjay. And I'm Carlos. And you probably just heard from Tim. Well, I'm not going to say probably. You you did hear from Tim. Uh, he's the one who kicked off this episode. We're a little bit fractured here this week. But, uh, you know, me and Carlos, we wanted to lay down some tracks for you, the people. 
that's that's my Bane impersonation. It's pretty good, eh? <laughs> that that's that's awesome. It's because of the mic. You couldn't have your mask on for that full echo effect. Yeah, exactly. Bane was ahead of his time. You got to wear that mask, buddy. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, man, wear that mask. Wear that mask. Um, so what we wanted to do is. We wanted to get on the mic this week, Unwind, and we wanted to just kick back, have an informal discussion, kind of rapid fire, quick topic where we'll throw out a movie and then me and Carlos will give like two to three minutes our thoughts on that film, um, whether we enjoyed it, what we liked, what we didn't like about it, just quick high level stuff and then we'll go on to the next one. So this will be rapid fire, but it'll give us a chance to cover movies that, you know, we haven't covered yet in the nerd room or it just doesn't quite fit in that space you know we can we can throw anything out like if i wanted to talk about jerry Maguire, great film right like we could we could throw out jerry Maguire. we could throw out horror films um you know we could throw out whatever comes to our mind does that sound good sounds good to me all right so i'll i'll kick us off um so what we're gonna so we'll start with x-men because it's the 20th anniversary of x-men the first one releasing in theaters today as we record which first off makes me feel really old because i remember going to see that in theaters and i remember it was a huge deal that x-men was in theaters and we were getting an x-men movie carlos what are your thoughts on the first x-men film yeah man that's a special movie like i remember being kind of cynical going in the build-up to it, because you thought there there was no way they treat it seriously, no way that they do it well, because we're coming off of stuff like Shaquille O'Neal and Steel and yeah. Batman and Robin, and so uh, yeah, there was a bit of cynicism with it. But uh, I remember watching the trailer and thinking like, this is going to be as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Hold on to your butts, but then go into the theater and being just blown away that opening yep. scene. I. Uh, was lucky enough to get screening passes. So uh, down at Eau Claire market there, I still have this way too big Xavier school for gifted youngsters shirt that that I rock to this day from that thing. But uh, that opening bar scene where uh, the bartender pulls the shotgun on Wolverine and he slashes it. It was just blew my mind that they would treat it that seriously and dial into those characters that way. And, uh, yeah, it uh, it launched a unique franchise, and I don't think it was a bit of a proof of concept, and I don't think we'd be where we are now without it. Like, yeah, sure, compared to the Avengers, it plays it pretty safe with, like, the black costumes and not following the canon of the comics really closely, but without it, we would never get to Avengers. So, yeah, man, uh, props to Hugh Jackman and the crew for 20 years of legacy. Yeah, man, well said. Um. I didn't see it opening day. I do remember trying to see it. Um, my big memory with that is I went to see it at Market Mall back when they still had a theater. Yeah, but man. that theater was so crappy. Like we went in and they actually had to cancel the showing because there was like a hole in the screen. So I had to like <laughs> see it like we yeah, that's how like hurt that theater was. So I had to see it like a couple of weeks later. Blew my mind. Like sitting in the theater, up until that point, you know, we'd never really got powers on screen you know like we had superman who had his powers he could fly a little bit of x-ray a little bit of the heat vision we could see batman doesn't have powers but he has the cool gadgets but then we see the x-men and like wolverine the claws come out 
and we see um, Iceman, you know, he's kind of like freezing the drink and stuff like that. And I thought, man, this film, I, I loved it. And it's been a while since I've rewatched it. Um, maybe it doesn't quite hold up from my memory because we have moved past that. Like Days of Future Past is more epic in scope and scale and things like Logan are more emotional or um, even X2, I mm-hmm. think is the better film. But like we got this film and it may not be the best film, but it, it's probably the most important film, right? Because like think about it, if X-Men comes out and this thing flops hard, like I'm talking Catwoman flop, I don't think we move on to Spider-Man, you know, and then Spider-Man like just blew the doors open. So like this thing here is like the most important comic book film maybe ever. Well, that's Batman 89, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually uh, Superman, the movie. <laughs> oh, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> fair play. Right, but Carl. basically what we're saying is we wouldn't have any of these without DC and Warner well, Brothers leading the way exactly man it's kind of like inflection points if you go back and like track the history of comic book movies you know you start with superman the movie in 78 batman 89 is another inflection point where the game changes this is another one x-men and then you know we don't really get one until maybe you could say spider-man that's pretty close together but spider-man and then the dark knight and then maybe the avengers really you can almost like break it down into 10 years right like 78 to 89 to 2000 to kind of that 2008 where you get iron man and the dark knight at the same time and then yeah off you go really it's no different than comics right where Mm -hmm. it's one one shop is running the game for a while and then the other one comes to the forefront after a while so yeah no it's uh it's neat to see those parallels so the first one for me is Dr. Sleep. I don't know nice. if you've seen this one or not, but absolutely. Uh, yeah, what a pleasant joy this movie was. Like it was an astounding accomplishment in that it brought both the best parts of the book and also paid homage to the Kubrick movie that Stephen King infamously hated and um, <laughs> married them perfectly together. And gave you something that served book fans. It served movie fans. It was entertaining from beginning to end. It was easy enough to jump in if you weren't super familiar with the lore. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm sad that more people didn't go out and see this one. Because it was a great movie. It was really, really well reviewed by both critics and audiences. But uh, yeah, it uh, it kind of paid the price for people moving to get their horror fix with streaming stuff. And uh yeah, hopefully it made enough noise and generated enough interest that we get to see a sequel with Ian McGregor and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Doctor Sleep is my pick. Nice, man. Well, this, you know, you know how many horror movies I watch. This was my favorite horror movie of last year. And last year was one of the best years of horror ever. We had so many good films that came out in horror. And this one topped it all for me. Um, the Shining is my favorite horror film of all time. You know, one or two, you know, it's up there, right? Like it's hard to pick one, but it, it's up there. It, I hold a special place in my heart for that film. And when they announced the sequel, Dr. Sleep, I'm sorry to say I slept on this because so many times you get like a horror sequel that comes out and it never lives up to the original. You know what I mean? And especially like a film that it came out 40 years prior. I was like, why are they releasing this now? Like this is a waste of time. This isn't going to be any good. It's going to just be crap. And I slept on it. And then I started hearing like a lot of positive buzz and like a lot of positive buzz. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll go check it out. 
So I was going to go check it out in theaters, but unfortunately they were only playing in one theater, which was like way south of me. So, and I think like this was kind of when COVID was starting to hit. So like, you know, it was like kind of at the tail end or the beginning of it, the tail end of the, the showing in theaters. So I didn't check it out in theaters, bought it opening day in 4k. Love this film. Like, as you said, it's just, it's got something for everyone. And like they pay homage to the movie. They do a good job. Like the way they restore some of the footage yeah. where you, you swear you're just like back in watching it from the seventies. And it's, it's so good. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but Ewan McGregor is excellent. Michelle Pfeiffer is excellent. And, and I really can't wait to do the double feature where I watch the shining and then pop this in right away. Cause I think it's just going to add to it. It's like the shining. I, I watch that film about, maybe like once a year once every two years so to to like put this into the rotation now where it's going to be like an all-day thing because it's it's a long movie but it, it's well worth it like the two movies together would be like a long watch but it's it's well worth it like great pick i love this film check it out if you haven't seen it don't be a dummy like me and say it's not going to live up it's not as good as the shining but it's a worthy sequel it, it's solid yeah it's actually rebecca ferguson man She's like, oh, quasi, yeah, that's right. Because like, quasi Michelle Pfeiffer. She looks a, a lot like Michelle Pfeiffer. It, it's it's crazy. The whole time I thought it was Michelle Pfeiffer, and I think I had this conversation with someone. I think it must have been my wife. When I was like, oh, that's Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's like, no, that's not. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. So if she's <laughs> listening, I'll admit she was right, but uh, she doesn't listen. So <laughs> so there you. She go. doesn't listen to this podcast. I should clarify. So she won't hear it, but she was right. <laughs> All right, man. It's uh, your pick on the board. All right, man. So, you know, I was going to pick The Shining, but uh, we kind of touched on that a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit off board here. They just announced in early development the third film of this franchise with um, Jared Leto set to lead. And this is the Tron franchise. Oh, what yeah. are your thoughts on Tron Legacy? Oh, dude, I love Tron Legacy. Like it, uh, that's another one that just not enough people went to go see and had uh mm-hmm first movie that came out well before the sequel ever hit the screen but uh yeah this one has a special place in our household my oldest like fell in love with it i don't like it nearly as much as she did but uh <laughs> between that and that daft punk um soundtrack and yeah it just it had a cool aesthetic it was uh it, it did a really good job of carrying forward the story that they started with the original um and really truly integrating it but giving it something that you could jump into right away uh to be honest i don't know that i've actually ever seen the original tron but uh yeah so that's why when i bought that mondo poster set i was happy to split it with my (laughs) with my buddy who wanted the original (laughs) because my daughter really wanted the the new one Quora Quora is her jam so yeah no two thumbs up for me for tron legacy and yeah i'm excited for that sequel absolutely especially like the way technology has advanced even in 10 years it's just gonna look even better Mm -hmm. um for me i saw the first one and the first one was just okay like the the special effects i think this was back in the 80s so you got to give it a pass it almost looks like it was hand drawn at times like it's very very out there but at the time i'm sure it's probably pretty cool Mm -hmm. and then you leap forward to tron legacy and that thing, it still holds up. It looks beautiful. Like the aesthetic, everything is like the neon with the bright lights, the suits, the colors. I thought it looked super cool. Um, the story itself, sometimes it can, kind of dragged a little bit in the middle for me. I thought it was like a little bit long. But I was just having such a cool time living in this universe that they created. And like this, 
this like atmosphere that they created and, and the look and the feel to it like it feels like a living like universe and I just loved it so I was there for it I wanted more of it and I'm so glad we're getting the third film to kind of complete this trilogy and, and I will definitely check this one on theaters this one is I missed in theaters I think this thing came out in what 2010 yeah, I want to say 2010 somewhere area. around there for sure yeah, because I think like at the time, like a lot of films kind of failed if they weren't superhero films, and I think this one fell into that into that phantom zone, if you will. So I didn't check it out. It wasn't until like last year that I finally watched it. Um, so yeah, man, I'm right there with you. Tron Legacy, loved it. Um, little little slow at times, but overall, it's an enjoyable film. You definitely have to see it. Like it, it's one of those films that you definitely have to see just because of how beautiful it looks. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. That's one of those you can throw it on in the background and just have a cool um, screensaver going on as you're going about <laughs> yeah. your business. You have like a cool party. You can show your friends like how artsy you are by just showing them Tron Legacy. Yeah, or show off your new TV that you have there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For me, it's a brand new movie that I just watched uh, this past weekend called The Old Guard on Netflix. Okay. So it's based on a comic book by Greg Rucka and it's it's basically the premises is that there's a group of Eternals uh, who basically have a vastly expanded life cycle where they will heal Wolverine style from catastrophic injuries and they just keep going, but there's not a ton of them. They're very few and far between and there's really cool stuff. I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but how they end up finding each other and forming this kind of surrogate family. And then, uh, what it looks like for them they kind of thrive and go about business and um integrate themselves into human history and kind of guide it here and there or at least uh try to and then to see what that looks like in a modern world and how the modern world would react to them and stuff like that but uh yeah charlie's Theron, she's a beast in this one and yeah it was super entertaining so anybody with a netflix account which is everybody I, yeah <laughs> yeah it's definitely worth your time it's uh it's not a world beater of a movie but it's it's something that even if you went to if i went to the theater and paid money to go see it i would have walked away happy so i guess that's the the tale of the tape with uh the old guard was this one supposed to come out in theaters but then because of everything that's going on netflix picked it up or i'm like 90 percent sure it was a netflix original like oh, okay um that it was something that they financed and brought to bear but yeah i can't wait to see where they take the franchise and stuff like that so nice yeah well i'll definitely check it out i haven't checked it out yet but you know your review kind of kind of sold me on it so i'll check it out i like Charlize Theron. she's great like everything that she's in she always gives like 100 percent. i don't think i've seen her in a bad role yet yeah man I was, i'm slacking i did too much typing over the course of the week and there was about seven times I thought about writing the letterbox review and I was like, Ugh, I can't abide by turning my computer on. Yeah. Again, so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of Charlize, I didn't see the old guard, but a film that I did see Mad Max Fury road. Oh, um, yeah, we, you know, we're talking about kind of the theme of like sequels that were long overdue. Um, this was a film that came out maybe 20 years after Mad Max, the third one beyond Thunderdome, mm-hmm. maybe even longer another film that people kind of slept on because they were just like, ah, this won't be any good. You know, the sequel to a movie that's been out for 20 years and a different actor playing uh, Max. What are your thoughts on Mad Max Fury Road? Oh man, I really dug this one. It was one that 
the trailers were interesting enough, but I had a buddy that we used to make it a point to go on to see a movie together and use kind of that drive time and the drive back as catch up time. And then we go see something that uh, we wouldn't be obligated to be going to see with the family and whatnot. So yeah, I went to go see it and it blew me away at just how entertaining it was despite having limited dialogue and just being yeah. like a drive through the desert the whole time. Um, yeah, it was super entertaining. Like that soundtrack was just driving and uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I really dug that movie and I'm curious to see if we get a sequel. There's talks of a prequel to the whole thing coming out, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm there for it. And it's it's one of those it's one of those few films where the critics almost willed it into or willed it to success because a lot of times you get stuff that's critically acclaimed that doesn't really make a mark on the box office. But I think this one did all right, and it certainly got its fair share of uh, Oscar nominations and wins. So yeah, man, anytime mm-hmm. like a pure action film gets nominated for Best Picture, that tells you something, right? Like yeah. It's such a rare feat. Like, not even The Dark Knight got nominated for Best Picture. So, for this thing to be up there, like, with some of the artsy films, just tells you the quality of this film. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I was blown away by this film. Went into it. Never saw any of the other Mad Max films. Had no idea what to expect. Like, I've always heard of the Mad Max franchise, but I had never seen them at that time. I watched it. Totally blown away. Just went in with zero expectations and like the cinematography was unreal and the special effects, they were all like stunts. Like there was no, almost no CGI used in the entire film, which is absolutely insane. When you think about like some of the stunt work that they did, it's just goes to the director. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. You'll George probably know Miller. him. Yeah. yeah George, George Miller. Miller. And you know, it's really too bad that we never got that justice league mortal film by him. Because everything Miller does is gold. It's quality. He puts it in his craft. He works hard. And I have no doubt Justice League Mortal would have been super dope. So a little bit sad about that. But um, Mad Max Fury Road, excellent, excellent film. Yeah, man. There's uh, something to be said about those practical special effects and actually doing stunt work in costumes without CG enhancements and stuff. Like it... uh... It adds a whole bunch of depth. And on that note, uh, my next film is going to be something that was inspired by you, but uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows. So this is the Michael nice. Bay produced. Uh, I can't even remember when this one came out, like 2016-ish. I think 2016, uh, yeah. Type film. But uh, yeah, that movie, I was actually, like it was entertaining from beginning to end. Like we watched it with my youngest. My wife wanted to see it or has wanted to see it for a while. So that's kind of what inspired uh, me to buy it after you got her excited about the prospect <laughs> of watching it again. She forgot nice. that we never got around to it. And uh, yeah, I had seen it in the theaters. I liked it, but um, never thought to revisit it. But it was entertaining throughout. My youngest, she she kind of had her nose at a joint about having to watch it. Riveted <laughs> from beginning to end. Just loved it. Nice. Like I forgot how much personality the turtles had. And mm-hmm. um just like their movements. And the thing that really sold it for me is that they, New York seems so real and the turtle mm-hmm. layer seems so real. And the, like the special, like the stunt effects with things like the shutter uh, prison breakout where the cars are blowing up and stuff like that. If it had like some weight to it 
And lo and behold, I watch a few of the special features and they built all that stuff. Like oh, the tur- no way. Yeah, the turtle layer, like 90% of it was for real. And, you know, they did practical stunts and practical effects. And even like the turtles themselves, the actors were in like these big kind of turtle suits that they painted the finishing touches on. And it made a huge difference. Like there's things that are obviously going to be CG, like Krang. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. mean they didn't get a giant brain to walk around? No, no. Well, they did, but he, they had to enhance him because they made him bigger than ever. So, mm. um, yeah, no, I really dug this one. And it's uh, it's a bit of a gem in just how over the top it is, but just how real and weighty it feels. Kind of, it's the opposite of my knock about stuff like Spider-Man Far From Home, where everything you can tell is green screened as far as the backgrounds and what they're interacting with and um, the, the exchanges between people or between effects and whatnot with this one everything kind of had some weight to it and a bit of uh yeah a bit of half so yeah turtles two out of the shadows nice man yeah i'm right there with you um i think this is a huge step up in quality from the first one um yeah and and you know michael bay say what you will about his films but even the transformers films there's like a quality to them they look nice they sound nice you know they put in the effort to make it actually look like real as realistic as possible it's not just like slapped together on like photoshop and then they just shoot it out right like this you're right like the turtles look great they've never looked better um in the cgi format and you're right they do have more personality um the stakes are incredibly high like this is the first time we're seeing the turtles take on like a world-ending threat it's not just shredder who's just you know they gotta like take down this one guy so um for me i i had a blast with this film i haven't revisited since i saw it in 2016 maybe early 2017 uh when i got the steelbook but i just think this thing this film's a blast and it's too bad that again no one really went out to see this film because the first one i think the first one kind of soured people because the first one did all right in in the theaters like pe- enough for them to make a sequel and then this one came out it was a better film but it didn't make nearly as much as the first one so yeah, unfortunately think, we ne- we're not getting that third one yeah like that first one if i remember it was like just it was a bit slow right it was a bit boring yeah. yeah yeah and i think they changed it like originally shredder was supposed to be like the guy that like when you watch the film there's one guy i don't know if it's will arnett no it's not will arnett but it's it's some guy that they like build up as shredder but then, then like i guess there was like people were upset that shredder wasn't going to be like Shredder was going to be this this white guy instead of um, this Asian actor. So then okay. at the last minute, they like switched it, but then they didn't change the script so that it would make more sense that Shredder was actually like um, this Asian actor for the whole time. So I think that kind of hurt the film. If I remember correctly, do you remember that? Like there was a controversy where Shredder was going to be uh, portrayed by someone else. And then instead of like reworking the script and then like, making it make sense with who shredder actually is in the film they just like kind of just slash dab okay this is shredder now but like they had built up this other guy's going to be shredder the whole time and then it's like oh no it's this guy they didn't they didn't take the time to like properly introduce us to shredder so i think yeah. that was that was kind of a, a a weak point on that film i mean it's been a while i have to revisit that film but i, th- I remember there being some controversy with that one yeah, I can't remember that at all. Like, honestly, the only thing I remember about that whole movie is that scene where they're heading up to the final battle and they mm-hmm. start, like, kind of playing the 
music on their with their weapons that's right yeah yeah that's the only piece of that film that i remember at all but uh yeah the se- the sequel was entertaining beginning to end it was a it was a cool movie yeah and i think it is a little bit more geared to kids that sequel but it just works right like not everything has to be like super dark and gritty like to me it clearly was more geared to kids and you get to see bebop and rocksteady which i thought was great because you never seen them before it's yeah. not like Razor and I can't remember who else it was. Like Topar in the, in and Secret Razor. of the Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Good one. Good one. All right. Well, keeping on with um, um, animals, I'm going to go with uh, Kong Skull Island. Tell me, nice. uh, tell me your thoughts on this one. This is kicking off, I think, or continuing on the Kaiju universe where this year we were supposed to get Kong versus Godzilla, but unfortunately that's been pushed back to next year. But uh yeah, tell tell me what you thought about Kong Skull Island. Yeah, man, I was blown away by this one. Like, I'm a bit of a Godzilla honk. I didn't love Godzilla 2014, but uh, yeah, I I was kind of gearing up for uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and it's kind of that uh, obligatory piece. And it got good reviews, and so I was like, ah, okay, well, we'll spend the dime and go see it. And I was blown away. Like, I totally loved that movie from beginning to end like the human characters were really strong and they gave them good purpose they were all super interesting uh kong was had a cool story to him and i loved how he had a bit of a background that you got to see through um john c Riley's character given the story of how he's the defender of that island and that he was keeping the little skull snakes down because yeah. those are what killed his family and whatnot. And the action was intense. Like it, the CG for that thing, once again, like shooting on location made all the difference in the world because they shoot the movie, stage their Kong battles and whatnot, and then add your big giant ape. And it just made everything feel like it had um, some verisimilitude to it. So yeah, great cast, great performances. And uh it's a bit of a throwback movie, right? Like it's one of those swashbuckling adventures of the fifties, but uh, the massive gorilla in it. So yeah, I, that, that two thumbs up for me. And to be honest, it might be my favorite of the monster movies to date, despite, like I said, nice. being a Godzilla guy. So might, might be changing my colors. <laughs> so when we go to see Godzilla versus Kong, you'll be team Kong and I'll have to represent Godzilla. Yeah, I might. I might. Man. <laughs> um, no, man, I, I really like this film as well. Um, I, this is another film I missed in theaters. If I remember correctly, I think this thing came out 2017. Um, yeah, it I remember... came out when Logan was out. So whenever that movie hit, because it was like so I that. Think, yeah, beginning Logan. of 2017, end of 2016. Yeah, it was or a maybe... spring movie for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is definitely yeah. like summer written all over it. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I love this film. As you said, like the special effects look great. Apparently, like people are saying that the 4K version of this film is just spectacular. Like you have to check this one out in 4K. And unfortunately, I, I got that 4K TV, but I don't have the 4K player yet. So I'm just itching to like watch some of these films on 4K because it really makes a difference. Like the, the difference between DVD and Blu-ray was like, yeah, I could I could tell like a bit of a difference difference between 4k and blu-ray is like miles it, it's insane the amount of quality you get so i'm dying to check this thing out again in 4k but i loved it like kong was awesome uh the different like insects or like the monsters that they like had in this film was cool and it had a lot of mcu people in it, it had samuel jackson it had brie larson and it had um loki uh tom hiddleston so 
and it had John C. Riley, who was in uh, Guardian. So if you're an MCU fan, you should check out this Warner Brothers Kaiju Universe film. Um, this thing was good, man. And uh, I haven't seen the Godzilla King of the Monsters yet. I kind of like, I think that came out like right when uh, my second daughter was born. Yeah. So it, I, I did get the Steelbook, but it shipped from the UK. So it took a little bit of time to get here. I'm dying to see that one as well. But uh, Kong Skull Island, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Kong looked great too. And I, and I love that they didn't just follow the original Kong story. Like the Peter Jackson one was pretty cool. But from what I heard, it was pretty much like beat by beat. The like it 1930s was. version. Yeah. So like, it, I mean, that's kind of cool in itself. But I liked how this was like its brand new own thing. And yeah, this one, I don't think like this one was like as epic as the peter jackson kong but i liked it because i think it's just more watchable like i can throw this one on and watch it as opposed to like the peter jackson one i'd have to like clear my afternoon and be like all right i'm sitting down to watch this like three hour behemoth like it's like lord of the rings or something so uh kong skull island two thumbs up i loved it check it out if you haven't seen it yeah that one's cool uh you know we'll go a little bit off board and i'll go with uh the 2019 i guess maybe 2020 uh, Disney live action remake of Lady and the Tramp. Ooh, okay, okay. So, Lay it yeah. on me. I haven't this seen was, this one. Lay it on me. This is a Disney Plus exclusive. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm i forever hopeful with these Disney live action remakes. But <laughs> man, this thing was a slog to sit through. And I get it. Really? Like it's a, it's a kid's movie and whatnot. But I, I do like kids movies. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I I have no problem enjoying the fair that's targeted at younger audiences, but yeah, this was hard to sit through, and it was just ugh, overwrought, overproduced. Like you could ah. just you could just see the the brainstorming session and just the the changes that they made to make it for a contemporary audience, but yet it still takes place in like the late 1800s. And (laughs) yeah, there's casting that like doesn't make sense in a historical context. And yeah, yeah, it was just, I was, I was pretty drunk by the time that movie ended on Saturday (laughs) night. I'll tell you that much. So uh, yeah, Lady and the Tramp, uh, it's got to get a, it gets a don't go for me, man. Like I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that there's a Disney live action remake yet that I loved. Uh, Aladdin probably comes the closest. I quite like that yeah. one. Oh, and you know what? If there's one that's worthwhile, it's probably got to be Dumbo. Oh, really? Puts, yeah, they put some work into that one. It's different than uh, the original film, and it had, but it has enough of its trappings where. Yeah, Dumbo's an elephant that flies, so they didn't make it super realistic. But at the same time, uh, they definitely did their own thing. And it's, yeah, it's creative and it was heartwarming and it had some good performances too to it. So, yeah, and, and it's so funny because that's the only one that didn't make money hand over fist and right. it was a bit maligned. But yeah, it's still not uh, great. But uh, no, it, it's probably the only one that I'd rank over a five out of 10 kind of thing. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I have the steel book, so I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, Lion King was just okay. Uh, Aladdin was just okay. Um, but Mulan looks good. Like, as you said, I'm ever optimistic we'll get, like, a instant classic. Because, like, the material's there. 
and like little mermaid they're doing that that'll that that could be cool if you know bring in some like the aquaman special effects for like the underwater scenes so i'm eternally optimistic but i haven't had one that's like blown like they blow me away technically like lion king is like a technical marvel right like that's one of those films you should just throw on and turn off the sound because like it looks unreal (laughs) but uh you're right you're right um disney live action was just haven't haven't done it for me either but they i don't know why they make like a ton of money like everyone is like 500 600 a billion dollars like it's crazy it's just the nostalgia man like they they throw that castle logo up at the beginning of the movie and people are like here's my money take me away we'll forgive all sins come in the clams shell they should just put it back in the clamshell VHS case. <laughs> <laughs> in the big plastic box. <laughs> oh my God, those things were hideous. Um, all right, so one film that I think we will gush over. Um, so what I've been doing is I've been going back and rewatching every DC film that's ever been made. Um, out of all 32 of them, I've down 30, so I only got two more to go. Nice. One film that I haven't revisited in a while, and it blew me away how much more I enjoyed it this time watching it. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it last time, because I did enjoy it, and I've always enjoyed this film. But it just blew me away how much I really enjoyed Batman Returns. Um, This is a film that, you know, has always kind of been on my list, and I've always debated which is my favorite Batman film of the first four. And I got to say, I had always been like Batman 89, maybe Batman Forever, Batman and Robin is also dope in my eyes. But uh, no, man, it's Batman Returns. Like this film holds up and every time I watch it, it gets better and better. Like Michelle Pfeiffer, um, not not Rebecca Ferguson, but Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For real this time. <laughs> For real, the real Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Michael Keaton has more to do. And then you throw in Danny DeVito and man, this film is excellent like this is if this film came out today this would be like a solid hit this would be like a big hit people would be like this was like a dope film i love this film and it's like darker it's like so weird and like gothic and so tim burton like but to me this film is excellent like this is what i want to see when i see these characters come to life you know i just want to see directors put their own spin on things and give their own take is this batman you could argue maybe not like some of the stuff like penguin is a little bit different or like Catwoman, or, or uh batman even himself you know doesn't really act a lot of some of the times as he would in a comic book but that's the thing is like this is tim burton's batman let tim burton do what tim burton wants to do and you gave him free reign and it worked out terrifically um i can't say enough good things about batman returns like this is an excellent excellent film um and i gotta i'm gonna add it to my christmas rotation like i'm gonna watch batman returns and shazam sorry troy uh (laughs) batman returns and shazam is gonna be like every every december is gonna be the double feature uh carlos you were actually um you actually probably saw this in theaters or maybe you didn't but you were around when this thing came out like what what has your opinion of this film changed as you've aged or uh and, and what's what's your thoughts on this one yeah, man. Like, well, Batman Returns is like to this day my most special cinematic memory ever, um, and it was so personal too. Because like being like the Batman super fan as a kid or whatever, and going yeah. into junior high with like a group of friends that we were really close between myself, my best buddies, and then one of our teachers. Our entire like 
class ended up going to go see Batman the... Returns together at Market Mall Theater <laughs> whoa, when it was new. Yeah. Your, your class went to see Batman Returns. No wonder why freaking Disney complained and like parents complained. You're you're taking your school class to see Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh yeah, there was 32 of us and uh yeah, I ended up buying up a bunch of tickets and stuff and then yeah, our teacher as soon as the bell rang, drove a couple of us up to save the seats and whatnot, because those were <laughs> before those days. And uh, yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, 32. I remember this day. That's how many tickets I had to buy to this movie kind of thing. Everybody pitched in and we were just stupid kids too, right? So to coordinate that back then, but... Uh, Can you imagine, especially now, because you can't even pick your seat, right? It would just be like... You'd be like the stupid kid that had like your jacket there and like your hat there. Like I would have been so annoyed if I came in like with my girl on a date and all these kids are like, you can't sit here. I'm like, ah, oh, you're gonna have to see a different film. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that that is what it was. But uh, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that movie has a special place in my heart because of that. And like I gotta say, it's not a great Batman film, but it's a fantastic Tim Burton Batman film. And it's so stylized and over the top that it's become timeless. Like mm -hmm. you look at so many other movies and they're just kind of a product of their time. And after five or six years, you know, some of the technology that they're using in the, in the movie starts to date it, or some of the jokes start to date it, or even just the look of the film starts to date it. But that movie, it's, timeless like you couldn't it could be from 50 years ago taking place in like the 1940s it could take place five years from now it could take place whenever because it's just tim burton's batman world i loved what he did like catwoman is not any kind of catwoman we've had from the comics but she's an amazing interpretation that's a lot of people's favorite the penguin is not anything that existed before but he kind of made sense and was more digestible than just kind of this portly dude yeah. and yeah like burton's evolution of batman he he was just neat like he was part of the fabric of gotham city and yeah it, it was a cool movie like it, it's not the Batman that everybody knows, but it was unique and had enough trappings of the character that, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's a winner for me too. And it's definitely a movie I watch at least every Christmas, if not a couple times over the course of the year type of thing. So nice. yeah. And a killer super NES game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that out at like Blockbuster and just like seeing like you could rent the games back then and, yeah. I never, I never did get it, um, but I, I kind of do wish I did. Yeah. Oh man, that was the first time. That was the my first ever quote unquote Twitch, where I set up <laughs> VCRs a certain way so that I could record no my way. playthrough of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. You were like the first. You should sue Twitch and then get like a proceed of their profits because I think they're making a ton of money and you can bring that money into the nerd room. So uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It missed opportunities. My life is full of missed opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought too small thinking, Hey, I'm the only guy that likes this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, who would have known, right? Like if you could go back to your 10 year old self and be like one day, the top 10 grossing movies of all time will combine to be like comic book movies. You know what I mean? Like they would take over Hollywood. Whereas like back in the day, you would kind of hide that, right? You'd be like, Oh, you you like this and you're like oh yeah i mean no not really just a little bit or you know it just 
it's so different like kids today just roll up in like iron man backpacks it's like do you know how much i would have killed to have like an iron man backpack like didn't even make those back then it was like unfathomable that people would even want one yeah no well i i always kind of wore it loud and proud because it was something that um like i had the opposite experience of it because i kind of came in to that part of my life with batman 89 being the the big thing in the world so yeah i uh batman was always ever present but like it's certainly like i would have never thought that these things would get to this point right like um i remember like even not that long ago like when my oldest when we were expecting her like we would stockpile up any kind of superhero baby clothes because you'd never find them so we'd buy them like sizes way too big because and now you almost can't find normal stuff in the store yeah right (laughs) awesome Uh, awesome all right Lay, lay on another one for me this is good this is fun let's keep it going yeah man uh yeah you know what let's go with uh with another one of my favorites but i'm gonna go with the remake of it robocop 2014 oh yeah and you got the steelbook that i don't have that steelbook that's a that's a badass steelbook yeah man this one's wicked nice this one's pretty cool um yeah you know i fell in love with that first movie having seen it when i was way way too young um (laughs) i conned a cousin into taking me to the sequel and despite all its flaws that i'm grossly aware of as an adult i still love (laughs) that movie like it just i love peter weller in it i love his delivery and then yeah when this one was coming out i was a bit not skeptical but i was i was just hopeful because after that second movie like everything was exceedingly bad like robocop 3 was really bad save like there's literally one well-acted well-written scene in that whole movie and then there was the terrible canadian tv show and then there was the second terrible canadian tv show (laughs) and uh yeah there was a decent marvel cartoon but that was like 88 so that was between the first two movies but then there was like a 90s cartoon that was just like (laughs) it was so bad it was inconceivable so yeah the the brand had a lot of stink on it, but uh, yeah, this came out, Joel Kinnaman, and I was pleasantly surprised from beginning to end. Like, strong performances, great themes, like a um, lot of moral and ethical debates, a lot of what is our self in a kind of corporate social media 24-7 type environment. Um where do we exist in this corporate world type of thing? And they, uh, they did a good job of making this film its own thing, as opposed to just retreading the original, obviously it has those major beats, but it had some huge fundamental differences. Like Alex Murphy is aware of who he is the whole time because how this guy reconciles from being a family man, going home, kissing his wife, playing with his kid to being this cyborg with the same thoughts and wants and desires and then how he's controlled and whatnot. Like um, this movie was, it was a bit of script doctoring away from being something really special. Like you could kind of see where the studio was like, Oh, we need to inject some more action and we want to sell some figures. So you got to put like ED 209s into this thing. And yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool movie, man. What's your experience with that one? 
Um, unfortunately, I haven't seen this one yet. I do Dude, own it. Killing me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, like uh, Grabs was posting about uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. And uh, I, I posted my Usher confessions. Like, I feel like we need to have like a nerd room confessions because like confessions good for your soul. So I got a confession for you. I'm gonna lay it on you. These are my confessions. Um, I haven't seen any Robocop. What? Um, yeah. Okay, I'm, I, I'm, I ending, I'm ending this stream right now. <laughs> you have 2,000 movies back there and you haven't yeah. seen any of them? Well, I have Robocop 1, Robocop 2, Robocop Remake. Um, they're just sitting there. And he, here's the thing. I started watching Robocop 1 when my second daughter was born. And my wife and my uh, oldest daughter were out milling about. And I'm like, okay, now's the time to watch Robocop. Because it just slipped through the cracks. And I watched about half of it. And then my daughter woke up from her nap. And then, like, I couldn't really watch it with her there. I just felt kind of weird, like, watching this movie with, like, an infant, like, playing. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it later. And I just haven't gotten around to it. But it's on my list. And it's always intrigued me. I Like, the Robocop design looks super cool. Um, I remember, like, my older brother watching the TV show. And I think he was a big Robocop fan at the time as well. And um, when this thing came out, I was just like, okay, well, I'll see where the reviews are. And I kind of just slept on it because I don't think the reviews were outstanding. And no, then it, it came out on Blu-rays. Yeah. I think it was like, yeah, it was like, it was okay, but it wasn't, it wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't like knock your socks off. So I kind of just slept on it. Um, and then, you know, um, I just never got around to it because I figured, oh, maybe I should watch the original first, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know if, if if I should or not, like if it makes a difference, probably not. But that's just kind of always been my style. It's like, well, I should watch the OG first. So I, I have it sitting there in my Blu-ray shelf in the R section. Haven't seen it yet. But I do plan on seeing it. Like I feel like we need to do like a like a cleanse where we just make a list of like good movies that I haven't seen and then I'll just like boom, 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 boom. You know, I'm too busy like knocking down that DC list. I've seen Catwoman now three times. Um, <laughs> I've seen Supergirl now like twice. Well, maybe so we'll do a thing where we force each other to watch a movie that we've never seen before. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like what's that thing where it's like a, uh, it's like a secret Santa, but it would be like a secret like movie Santa where like okay, like uh, I'll pick a movie for you that you haven't seen before, and then you pick one for Troy, and then Troy for Tim, and then Tim for me, kind of thing. So we'll we'll yeah. set that up. But yeah, unfortunately, haven't seen it. Um, but a film that's, I don't know if it's similar, but a film that I think is really cool that involves robots, and that's Terminator. Um, give me your impressions on the Terminator franchise and uh, specifically the first two. Um, like, what are, your, what are your memories of those? I remember, this is another franchise that I got in late in the game. I just saw these a couple years ago. But Terminator 1, I think, is great. Like, I think Terminator 1 still stands up. Like, the fact that this thing came out in the 80s and, like, it looks so cool. And, like, Arnold was just such a badass in this film. Excellent. Um, Terminator 2 took it to another notch, like, another level. I think Terminator 2 is even better. Uh, Terminator 3, I recently watched that one. And, you know, I think that one's actually pretty good. Like, that one kind of falls in the 90s acting trope where there's, like, there's a lot of one-liners and... But that thing ends super cool. And I'm like, okay, let's carry on that thread. And then they did Terminator Salvation, which I never saw. Um, and then I think the next one was Genesis. Yeah. Which I actually liked that one. I saw that one in theaters. I liked that one a lot, except they like spoiled it in the trailer. So, But if you haven't seen the trailer and you haven't seen the movie, 
don't watch it just check it out and it, you'd have a much more enjoyable experience i thought that one was good dark fate i have the steel book i picked it up but i haven't got around to watching it yet um but yeah man terminator is just i just think that's such a cool concept and you know they keep trying to reboot it for a reason but for whatever reason it just doesn't kick on with audiences but it's just such a cool concept and i feel like they could start like another franchise with it they just haven't got that script right they haven't captured that magic in a bottle again unfortunately like they've tried three or four times and it just hasn't worked but uh for me terminator i've always thought like i'm a huge arnold fan and i always thought terminator was super cool and i'm so disappointed that like they haven't haven't uh haven't captured that magic again from the first two like give me your thoughts on the franchise and uh yeah yeah i came into this one via terminator 2 like that was a massive marketing campaign huge yeah and it was a big deal and i remember we were on vacation in toronto and like my dad's buddy was just like he kind of felt bad because my old man's not the guy that's going to take his kid to a movie like terminator 2 (laughs) and so yeah he, he sent them off to like I don't know, CN Tower or some nonsense like that. And he's like, let's go see Terminator 2. And uh, nice. yeah, it was wild. Like I, I loved it. And I remember it being a like a game changer at the time or maybe it was 91. But I know that like Batman Returns, they felt some pressure because Terminator 2 had blown people away so badly with the special effects and whatnot that they added in like that bat missile scene wasn't part of the original script. Uh, but they okay, just thought yeah. that they needed some over the top visuals and whatnot. Um to capture audiences because Terminator 2 had been such a profound achievement. So yeah, yeah. I, I hardcore love Terminator 2. And then I didn't see this, the original until way later in life. And it like, but I was still a kid when I saw it. So you don't appreciate the nuance of it and you don't appreciate the horror aspects after you've seen Terminator 2. Right. So it seemed yeah. a little sleepier and I didn't appreciate how good a piece of filmmaking it was. Um, and then, yeah, I dug Terminator 3, but kind of like you hinted at, it's totally a product of its time. It's not a special uh, forever game-changing piece of film like the first two movies are. It's a 90s action flick, and it's basically Terminator 2 on steroids yeah. type of thing. And yeah, I didn't mind Salvation. I thought it had some neat ideas. I remember I didn't love the ending, but I was really blown away with like the John Connor face off in the in skynet i too really like genesis but i didn't yeah like i think the twist was just a deal breaker for too many people like had they not contaminated the lore like it was a pretty bold move with one of the franchise's beloved characters to kind (laughs) of twist it the way they did and i know that one had some like rewrites and reshoots and whatnot because one of the doctor who's was supposed to have a pretty prominent role in that one like i remember the advertising and whatnot but it had oh, a neat okay. idea behind it where it's just like skynet comes about because people become addicted to their phones and stuff like that and just submit <laughs> it's, to it's it. a little prophecy man like you, you think about it now you're just like oh man skynet would skynet we would welcome it like skynet would have in their like disclosure agreement we will take all your information we'll take over the world and you just be like i accept you wouldn't even read it you're like yeah i, I accept i accept your terms and conditions let's yeah. just go i just want to see this video I just yeah see, exactly yeah. just give me that meme skynet yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah it's so true man it's just like there's a big hullabaloo just a few weeks ago about privacy because pizza pizza was working with law enforcement and given like 
people's information. I was like, ah, that's fair. But at the same time, it's like you will willingly give Apple like your biometric data, all your friends, all your likes, all the things you enjoy buying, everything about yourself, your kids, your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you can hook into that sweet Facebook recipe page or whatever it is yeah. that people want. So, so yeah, true. No. It's like, I, I, I need to see this Twitter video for the fifth time. I need to see them cut into a shoe, but it's actually cake. Like, I have <laughs> to see that. Yeah. Here you go. Here's my fingerprint and my face. Yeah. Here's the map yeah, of my exactly. face and my eyes. So, <laughs> um, Here's a blood it, sample. Yeah. It, honestly, man, people would do it happily, right? Like... Yeah, as long as you don't have to remember another password, right? You're like, just just prick it once, prick my finger once and take it. I can't remember my eight passwords. Just use this. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed, man. If that was an option. And then next yeah. thing you know, uh, there's missiles flying into Los Angeles because Skynet's wiping us out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we've, we've, uh, we've determined through the blood analysis that this is their weakness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly but uh yeah no i i dug that one i think it just had that fatal flaw to it with the choice with the one character there not spoiling it and then uh yeah i really i dug um dark fate as well that's but, what i'm hearing yeah they just gone to the trough too many times type of thing right and um yeah it's unfortunate the franchise i think is is dead now but uh yeah, there was some neat stuff in that one. And I think all of the entries are worthy. They're just not all-time great movies like the first two, right? So, Yeah, that could be just like living up to the expectation, right? Where it's like, if the first two were good, but not like as epic and as good as they were, people would probably be more forgiving of the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth one. But they're just like, well, it wasn't as good as one of the top 100 science fiction movies of all time. So... You know, it's not that good, but you're like, no, they're still solid. Like, they're not home runs, but they're like, you know, they're solid single, maybe a stand-up double. Like, they're decent flicks. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I tried to find the enjoyment in everything, right, as opposed right. to ripping it apart. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, which is crazy that that's uh, such a outlandish mindset in this fan space these days but uh yeah yeah i find that if you're going to stuff wanting to like it you usually will so that's the thing like every movie no matter how bad it is there'll be like a one or two scenes where you can find some enjoyment out of it right like as i mentioned i've seen catwoman three times um it's one of those ones where it's so bad it's good you know what i mean where i could totally see this film like taking off where people go watch it like ironically in the theaters like midnight cinema kind of thing because it's just so ridiculous but it's but it's it's fun man like i have fun with catwoman i know it's a terrible film um and, and i don't like enjoy it as like i don't in, think it's like a good film in terms of like the technical aspects or like you know the story the acting that sort of thing but in terms of like a good time if you could go and laugh at that picture and like just to have a good time and enjoy yourself it's 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 pretty enjoyable. I'll give you props, man. I've never actually seen it. That's, really, uh, you've yeah, never what... seen Catwoman? Okay, I mean, well, you were like the big DC guy. This thing was this thing was before Batman Begins. Was it because it wasn't um, Selena Kyle Catwoman, or was it the negative reviews, or like what? Uh, what? Why haven't you seen this? And uh, will you watch it if we did a nerd room review? Oh yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be game for that kind of stuff i'm not one to dig my heels in but yeah no it was just like a 
I think it was a just a busy, if not like lean time financially in life. And I just, yeah. uh, yeah, didn't want to like after the epically bad reviews of the yeah. film and like by all accounts, it was kind of Catwoman in name only that had nothing yeah, to do with the existing lore and whatnot. I was just like, well, am I going to spend my money on going to see this kind of thing? Yeah. So yeah, I never, I never ever got around to it. And then when word of mouth matched <laughs> what the critical reviews and stuff were it was just like i don't know you, you just don't justify spending spending your money at that type type of thing so yeah yeah i, th- I think i got the dvd at like a used video store for like two bucks so i was like ah oh. you know but i do want to upgrade to the to the blu-ray um okay before you lay another one on me um there's 32 dc films live action that have come out how many have you seen like how many are you missing to complete the set Oh, as far as like the set is in watched. Yeah. I think the only ones I haven't seen is Catwoman and one of the Swamp Thing movies. Okay, so there's two Swamp Thing. Oh. There's Swamp Thing, Return of Swamp Thing. Yeah, I've seen the Heather Locklear one. Okay, so that's the sequel. The first one is Swamp Thing, which is made by Wes Craven, who's an excellent director, but this film is just not excellent. <laughs> yeah, and I never saw Jonah Hex. Okay, Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex is an interesting one because it's only like 80 minutes long. So, and the cast is incredible. Yeah. And Jonah Hex is such a cool character where they could have made this film amazing. Like this thing could have been excellent, but it's just 80 minutes and then it just kind of ends. And you're just like, what? Like there's there's nothing more. So um, have you seen Steel? With yeah. Shaq? Because my sister was a big Shaquille O'Neal, Orlando Magic honk. So, yeah, <laughs> I do remember seeing that. And that one was, like, this is an example of why I get upset when people are like, oh, it just, like, the movie is just one version of the character and it doesn't matter if it sucks because you have your comics and you have everything else, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, that movie totally killed john henry irons and steel who was like a white hot concept super popular character they're making action figures of him um he had a ton of fans like an af like a prominent african-american character that was showing up in justice league he was kind of the only one of those alternate supermen that ended up being kind of a mainstay in the Superman books. Right. He was popular enough that they put millions of dollars into making a movie about him with like, maybe not a movie star, but one of the most famous people on the planet at the time did a terrible job. And they completely (laughs) kill that character to the point, like he's low key, not even the hero anymore. And they kind of made a version of it where it's his like niece. Who's now quote unquote steel. So that is why it's important to do a good job when you do these things, people, because these, yeah. when these characters are on the biggest stage, you can absolutely kill them forever. Well, especially like a character like Steel, where he's not a Batman, where if you make a bad movie, you'll just make another one in like five years and then they won't stop making Batman comics. You know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. with Steel, absolutely. Like this thing doesn't even have anything to do with Steel. Like, as far as I remember, Steel had to do with like the death of Superman, and like in this one here, Superman isn't even mentioned. Like, he Shaq has a Superman tattoo that they like zoom in on, yeah. but I'm like, they don't explain that at all. Like, he's just like, 
where's Superman? Like, is he is he milling about, or I don't know. And and the, the fact that Steel is played by Shaq, you can't tell me like this seven foot actor, this seven foot guy. How many other seven feet people are running around that have like access to like this 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 uh, weapon tree and stuff? You know what I mean? It's like pretty obvious who it is. It's not like it's like Batman where it's like, oh, he could be anyone, or even like Aquaman, right? Or maybe not Aquaman because he doesn't have a secret yeah. identity. But so, you know what I mean? It's like steal secret identity. Yeah. Really? You don't know who that is? It's like how many other? I don't know. Check check your roster if your local nba team if one of them missed the local game while steel was saving the city it's probably a safe bet that it was him yeah no one there was a way to do that because the the big thing with steel was that he was a guy who was inspired by the nobility of superman and that's why he created that suit and blah 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 so you could even do that movie without yeah. doing the death of superman and you could just kind of hint at them having some interaction in the past where he gets saved by Superman. And you could probably make a good version of that movie for some of the money. And in fact, if you don't go with the stunt casting of Shaq, you yeah. could have probably saved a whole bunch of payroll and put yeah. that into making like a proper suit with a cape and make them look cool and put some work into your script and whatnot. But yeah, that's why that whole excuse of it doesn't matter if you don't like this version of the character because uh everything you love will be safe yeah there's <laughs> even even batman fell prey to the bad movie version yeah. diminishing his brand right so oh well yeah man you could say superman's been suffering from that because like he was top dog and then as soon as batman 89 hit batman became top dog right like superman's never regained that spot for dc it seems like ever since i've been reading comics and ever since like i've been a kid it's always been batman one superman two but like up until probably 84 83 mm -hmm. it was it was probably always superman one batman two yeah. right and then batman hits well i mean maybe 66 with the tv show at the time was the batman tv show was pretty huge so for like a brief time batman was ahead but not this amount of sustained um, aheadness, right? Like it's yeah, it's no, crazy those... how much like it, DC just relies on the big bat and just kind of like not not to get on this train again, but it definitely feels like the movies have a part to play with it, right? Like if Man of Steel made a billion dollars, we're probably getting like a little bit more sequels. He'd be like a little bit more involved in the comics kind of thing, but yeah, well, Man of Steel also suffered from like Superman Returns not going off with people, right? Like that was that's another example of just a poor choice on the biggest stage hurting that brand, right? So I feel like Superman Returns has like it's just like a weird idea of a movie where they're like, okay, Batman begins. We're gonna start fresh with Batman, even though it had only been like five years. We're like we're just gonna start fresh because everyone has the bad taste of Batman and Robin. With Superman Returns, they're like, oh, this takes place after Superman 2. So Superman 3 and 4 never happened. Supergirl never happened. Yet it takes place in modern time because people are using like cell phones to take cell phone pictures and like people are driving in like old timey cars. It's just like, just start fresh. If they would have just started fresh, you know, yeah. it would have made so much sense. And then you could have had fresh Batman, fresh Superman. You could have built up like, they're. There were talks of a Brandon Ralph, Christian Bale, Batman vs. Superman movie. 
Yeah. Well, to be honest, like Superman Returns Cardinal Sin was that it was boring, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some great scenes in there. There's like, it's like four or five great scenes mid, uh, filled with mediocrity in between. Yeah. You know, it, it is, it had the potential and Brandon Ralph, not knock on him. I think he was a decent Superman. It's just that he had to play Christopher Reeves and it was just like, it was, it felt at times like an imitation, like it wasn't its own thing. And like, Christopher Reeve was amazing as Superman and you know he was like an amazing actor and like he truly championed that character but you know it's like there comes a point when you're gonna have to like respect the past but you can move on like people don't just like try to copy Adam West Batman you know what I mean it's like you make your own and I think like enough time had passed from Superman 4 Quest for Peace that the audience was ready to move on to a fresh thing like they shouldn't have had to have like a kind of like a relaunch reboot it it just it just was a weird concept you know if they had started fresh i think it would have done better and i and i think too warner brothers expected a lot out of superman like superman returns made more money than batman begins but batman begins got the sequel superman returns was saddled by all those failed launches of like the tim burden film that money that got spent into that got lumped into this production budget so the production budget was showing as like 270 million. Well, yeah, man, that's not going to make it like a film for, that hasn't come out for a character in like how long, like to make that much money. But in actuality, the production budget was maybe closer to 200 million where I feel like it, it should have got a sequel. But I mean, to me, Superman Returns, as you said, it is so, sometimes super, it, it, it is sometimes boring, but there are some great, great scenes in there. Like the airplane scene I thought was great. Um, the, the when he picks up the kryptonite island and throws it into space and then he's like he's you think he's dead and then you you don't know and i, I thought that was pretty cool but uh you're right <laughs> 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 all right carlos do you have any do you have any more for me to lay on uh yeah let's do one more each all um, right let's do it. one and then you can wrap it up so give me your thoughts i watched it this weekend Star Wars Episode 3. Oh, Revenge Star Wars Sith. Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, a.k.a. Troy's favorite movie. Um, you know, me and Troy sometimes don't get along but uh, in terms of movies, but for this one, I'm, I'm right there with them. Um, I think this is a good film. Um, I've only seen it once. Um, for me, definitely the best of the prequels, uh, without a doubt. How does it compare to the other Star Wars films? I think it's like middle of the pack. Like, it's, it's a good film. But it's middle of the pack because Star Wars has so many good films. You know what I mean? Like if this was just like wasn't called Star Wars and was called something else, I it would be like considered like an epic film. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I really enjoyed it. Like it looks cool. You get to see. I think this is the one where Yoda like has a lightsaber and he's like he's kicking ass, and uh, you get to see the birth of Darth Vader. And uh, to me, I think this is a good film. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think it's time for another rewatch. I know Disney just put these films out on 4K, so I might have to dip my toe into the 4K waters for these <laughs> and uh, watch them again. But uh, for me, it's a solid film. Um, I would love to do like a Nerd Room Star Wars retrospective series. Maybe the next um, the next time we do our fan vote, I'll, th- we, I'll throw in one of the prequel films. But uh for me, definitely the best of the prequels. And I'm sad that I missed these in theaters because, like, I never 
it, I never was like into Star Wars when these films got released. I was always about like Batman and like Superman. So for me, these films just kind of fell through the wayside. So I would love to see them in theaters again. But uh, yeah, man, I thought they were pretty cool. How about you? Uh, like uh, I was actually kind of surprised at how good the film looked on a technical level, like the opening yeah. shot with Obi-Wan and Anakin flying down and um, in amongst the big massive ships and with the rescue and whatnot. Um, it got a little rough when you'd have the dialogue exchanges between characters um, and even just some of the, like the film, it was just so loud and there was constantly stuff going on all the time that it never really got a chance to breathe and the characters never got a chance to um, chew on some dialogue or to act face to face. Like it's, it's one of those where they're always acting against CG things here and there and, and whatnot. Um, I do have to say though, once it builds to a climax with Obi-Wan and Anakin going at it like that movie really shines like it it really comes to bear and it it makes the whole endeavor worth it um once they have their face off on mustafar but uh there's a few times it got a little rough on me (laughs) i mean as i said it's been years since i've seen this film and uh it's it's definitely due for a rewatch like i feel like these epic films you need to watch them multiple times to fully digest because there's just so much that's going on that like stuff flies over your head or like you miss something or you know you may have thought it was pretty good on first watch and then second time you're like ah you know i i caught more this time but uh i definitely do want i definitely do want to watch this again so um you know as i said maybe this will be a retrospective on the show um so for me if i'm gonna have to choose one last one um you know i'm gonna go with um Total Recall, the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is another 80s sci-fi film. Um, I I didn't recently watch this, but I watched this not that long ago. And man, I was blown away just by like the sense of adventure with this film, the amount of fun it is. It it just feels like this like throwback film, but it takes place like on Mars and Arnold Schwarzenegger is excellent in it. I think he's, uh, I think it's uh, Sharon Stone as his wife in this one. Yeah. Man, I, I thought this was an excellent film. And, uh, you know, it's just like a film that was like this cool original concept, or original idea. Now, it's probably based on a book um, when I say original, but I mean like original in terms of cinema. Um, like nothing like this had kind of come out around that time. And to me, it was just super cool. I just, I loved it. And it's just, it's just such a cool film. And it looks, it still holds up. Like it still looks excellent. And, Arnold was like kind of just peaking. I don't remember. I think this came out after Terminator. So he was kind of just like on the upswing of his career. And man, I, I just really love this. And I I haven't seen the remake um, with Colin Farrell. Uh, that's another one. Like there, it seemed like they were like remaking everything under the sun. And I kind of just got like remake fatigue where I just ignored <laughs> everything. Um, but I kind of want to go back and like watch it again uh, or watch it for the first time, the remake. But uh for me, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall. Like, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, man, I dug this film. It was it was cool. Like, and it was one of those. It was another one where I was way too young to be watching it, kind of thing. But yeah, um, yeah, I snuck it via par- buddy's parents' super channel or whatever, and <laughs> gave it a watch. And yeah, I remember being blown away at the world building and 
genuinely being intrigued as to whether or not this is actually happening to him or if it's part of the uh, virtual reality simulation that he submits to. And yeah, it was a neat world. And I loved that it had those ties to kind of those real world socioeconomic politics, right? Which makes the film um, uh, kind of overuse the word timeless, but yeah, it, it, <laughs> it makes it forever relevant, right? Because we still mm-hmm. have those things and like the class inequality themes that run throughout that movie. And uh, yeah, the remake is actually, so it is based on a book and the remake is way closer to what the book was. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I quite liked it. Like total recall really felt, fell prey to the same thing that happened to the Robocop remake where it was like these kind of 80 sci-fi nerds. And it's like, well, this isn't the exact same thing that I know and like from back when I was a young 80 sci-fi nerd. So therefore yeah. I reject your, your <laughs> new product. But uh, yeah, I, I really like the re- remake or the re- new version of the, of total recall so yeah it's definitely worth your time and if yes. i remember correctly it had some pretty cool visuals and it had like a bit of a tron aesthetic to it so yeah definitely awesome. check it out man yeah man I, I feel bad that i fell prey to like all this negativity because at the time like everyone was just like crapping on remakes and like even before they came out they're like this is going to be garbage and that's the only thing i heard was just like this was gonna be bad this is bad don't watch it and i kind of just unfortunately listened to the people saying that and i missed out on a ton of like great films that i'm now trying to like go back and watch because it kind of like wasn't an exciting time to be a film goer that i kind of just turned my nose up unfortunately that i kind of like kicking myself for not going back because like the another one is the thing um with john carpenter where i people were like oh this the prequel it's not that good and then like i watched it and i was like this is actually really good and it's much like dr sleep where unfortunately i fell prey to that again um it feels like i haven't learned my lesson but uh yeah i don't know i don't know like what my thoughts are in like remakes there hasn't been something that like that they've like remade that i had like this like deep infinity affinity for as a child yet you know maybe we're like getting to that um i maybe like jurassic world or like the charlie and the chocolate factory remake would kind of be close to that yeah Um, but i actually did see those in theaters i gave those a world just because i was such a fan of the originals and it could be too another thing where like total recall when that thing came out i never saw the original so i didn't have any reason to see the remake you know i was kind of like well if i see it i'll probably just check out the original and then i'll rent the remake or i'll i'll buy the remake so but yeah, man, like Jurassic World, I thought was really cool. And like, I had like a love, like I love Jurassic Park, not as much as Tim, but like, that was like a super cool film. And Charlie and Chocolate Factory, unfortunately, that one, I just, that one didn't do it for me. And it wasn't just because like, I loved the original. I just thought it just wasn't as good. And oh, it just I, wasn't like a solid film. <laughs> I love wacky Johnny Depp, Michael Jackson, Willy yeah. Wonka. Like, <laughs> That's yeah. totally what he is. Eh? It, it totally is. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what it is. It's been a long time since I've seen that film and I'm a lot more open-minded now than when that film came out. I think just where I am in my life, I was a little bit moody, young teen or old teen, like young, young guy after high school. So now I'm a little bit more mature in my ways. I got a little bit more gray in my beard. So I, I'll watch it with a fresh face and maybe I'll watch it with my kids. I don't know if it's like 
age appropriate yet because they're still pretty young but uh yeah man I mean, i'll well, watch it with them and uh maybe you know maybe it'll make me like it more just to, just to see like my kids light up because definitely like makes it makes a difference for me like when you watch something and your kids love it you just like man this thing's great you know like it could be like the worst thing but if your kids love it you're just like ah oh, my kids love it this is excellent i love it too <laughs> for sure that's maybe me with tron legacy so maybe we'll cap this here and i'll leave you with this you need to stop watching Catwoman and watch some of these movies that you took a pass on in days gone by. <laughs> well, I'm two left. I'm two left. I got V for Vendetta and Watchmen. And once I watch those two, I'm going to like, I'll make it a point to like maybe once a week, try put on a film that I haven't seen before and maybe it'll become like my weekend nerd. I'll, I'll throw it in there. That's but right. You're right. We'll, we'll cap it here. And uh, this was a lot of fun. I think we need to do this again. Um, I think at the offset, we were just like, all right, we'll see how long it goes. And we ended up going like probably double what we said we would do. So uh, yeah, we... I, I had a blast with you, Carlos. This was great. I can't wait uh, to get Tim and Troy back in the nerd room with us. And uh, how does Tim usually end these things? I, I'm not, I can't remember. He's like, oh, so thanks for watching. Yeah. No. Uh, well, yeah, we're part of the Star Wars Commonwealth. So yeah. check out all the other shows there with dudes like our boy Kyle on Tumbling Saber. And shout out to our man, Rob Wade, who endorses this podcast each and every week on emotionally14.com. What else am I missing? Uh, check us out on Get Vocal. Um, we'll be having an episode this Friday live stream. We had a ton of fun in the last episode. We had some people jump in on the chair, which was excellent. And uh, we got to see Grabs for the first time. And we got to meet 203 Geek, which was awesome. Um, I had a blast just talking with you guys and our weeks weekend nerd and you know the get vocals a live stream so we got this show the actual stuff that we picked up and uh you can check us out there uh you can check us out anywhere on twitter our handles are at the end of the episode you can check us out on instagram instagram at the nerd rm at the nerd rm you can check us out on um facebook no Nope. You can check us out on Plenty of Fish. Nope. Um, you can check the us out. Nerdroom.net. Yeah, you can check us out on the Nerdroom.net. Um, not the Nerdroom.net. That is not a website. Make sure it's .net. And uh, I think that's it, man. I think uh, check. Oh, and I, you know, hear our preamble at the end. Maybe Carlos is full time. Maybe he's been added. You know, we don't want to let the cat out of the bag. But uh, stick around, and you can find out. Yeah, man. Or maybe I'm gonna, maybe Tim and I are gonna have that uh, Mace Windu, Anakin Skywalker type uh, <laughs> relationship where I'm not part of the council, or I'm part of the council <laughs> but not a Jedi Knight or Master. You're always a Jedi Master to me. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, I, I guess I gotta, I gotta, I gotta set a line. So for the nerd room, I'm Sanjay, and I'm Batman. And thank you for entering the nerd room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Take your first steps into a larger world and head over to StarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Talk Star Wars, Sandcrawler Podcast, Rogue Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast, and the Skyhoppers Podcast. 
Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter. 